0: voiceover describes what's happening on your iphone screen
1: voiceover on settings
0: so you can navigate it just by listening
1: books contacts calendar double tap to open breakfast with anna from 10 to 11
0: and get on with your day accessibility there's more to
1: iphone hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot
2: Hello and welcome to Off Air with me, Jane Garvey, and me, Fee Glover. And we are fresh from our brand new Times radio show, but we just cannot be contained by two hours of live broadcasting. So we've kept the microphones on,
3: grabbed a cuppa, and are ready to say what we really think, unencumbered and
2: off air. <laughs> Welcome to a slightly secret Friday bonus ball edition of Off Air with me, Jane Garvey, and me, Fee Glover. I love the fact that you've gone into a slightly
3: secretive kind of tone. Well,
2: I don't want everyone to think that this is something that anyone can hear. It's for special people who've already engaged with Off Air
3: it is absolutely their bonus. If you managed to stagger through four editions, this short one's for you. You deserve something
2: special, and I think that's what we've got here.
3: Very much so. So on Wednesday, Susie Dent was our guest on the programme, and she has compiled a new dictionary which is entirely based of words that describe our feelings which I thought was a really beautiful thing to do we're not very good at finding the right words
2: no oh well I think I've got a few favorite ones that I cling to and I don't go any further I'm not exploratory enough I'm not as clever as Susie Dent frankly who is the queen the uncrowned queen of words she just knows so much stuff she do you know how many years she's been in that corner in Countdown I think it's decades, isn't it? It's 30 years she's been in Dictionary Corner.
3: You would she? have thought that every single permutation has already come up, but you know that it won't have no, done.
2: it's not possible statistically, is
3: So it? she's seen out some presenters though, hasn't she?
2: Yes, I did ask her about that and um, I thought I was being terrifically clever and she, she battered me away because, as I say, she's a lot cleverer than me. So here she is
3: describing uh, what inspired her new book, An Emotional Dictionary.
4: I think I remember looking in the um, Oxford English Dictionary which I have in front of me all the time on my screen and just finding the expression lonesome fret and lonesome fret is uh, centuries old and it means feeling really restless and uneasy from being on your own for too long and I just thought Exactly, because obviously we were we were so out of touch, weren't we? Physically, we weren't allowed to hug and we were out of communication with a lot of people. And so that's when it really gathered pace. I mean, I have been writing down different
2: words for emotions from the corners of the dictionary for years and years and years, but it did start to come together during lockdown. Now, some people say the British are not an emotional people. So you may or may not dispute that. Does that mean that our language suits are supposed... Lack of emotional coherence or uh, Hmm. what comes first, our supposed lack of emotion or the language that doesn't allow us to express emotion. Oh, yeah, that's the very
4: big question. That's a sort of a fundamental question of language is, you know, do we feel something because we have a word for it or do we actually create the word to reflect our emotion? And I'm not sure anybody has come up with a definitive answer for it, but I would disagree that we don't do emotion. I mean, we do melancholy and yearning really well. So the dictionary is full of words for for melancholy. And melancholy itself is, you know, it's kind of been viewed in different ways uh, amongst um, sort of artists in the 19th century it was kind of the spur to creativity so you needed to be melancholy and you know the great pose for a gentleman was to kind of be dressed in bat black and and looking sort of pensive and and sorrowful, um, and then of course you know the the blues comes from the idea of blue devils that would kind of beset um, alcoholics and eventually most of us with um, sort of horrible feelings of of sadness. So the dictionary pages are absolutely full of words for that. We're not we don't do joy so well. I have to say we do tend to rely on other languages to express joy. We have a few. We have words like letterbund which is a bit like pulchritudinous and it sounds horrible, but it actually means full of joy. Um, and uh, so we, we I have tried to rescue some of the lost positives from the dictionary. I've been on a bit of a mission to do that because we are clearly quite a pessimistic lot and the negatives are the ones that tend to survive. I was just wondering where you find all of your words. Um, yes, good question. Well, I've been reading the dictionary for years and years and years. I mean, it's my job on Countdown, obviously, uh, but I have shelf after shelf of dialect dictionaries glossaries from centuries past but essentially the Oxford English Dictionary that I mentioned is my best friend really because it is a historical dictionary that it charts words from you know old English on but it also charts the history and adventure of a word as it's gone through its life up to the present day but there are so many words that have just they've just got one record uh, in there so basically what you'll find is you'll find a word and a definition and then an example of its use. And I mentioned these lost positives. I mean, there are some beautiful ones like um, apricity is the one I I always try and spread. And apricity is the warmth of the sun on a winter's day and how that feels on your back. But it's only been mentioned once in the dictionary. Likewise, respair, which is recovery from despair, just one record. But they're in and they will never go out from that dictionary. So um, that's where I, I come across them. And honestly, it is a really good read. Definitely my Desert Island book for sure.
0: iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Now, is there a
3: word for a period of chaos on a governmental horizon that can leave a person feeling democratically a little bit pooped?
4: Yes, I would say, uh, I'm not sure how specific, I mean, obviously, this language is infinitely versatile, so um, I think this would fit perfectly. You can be dumbfungled and it. And uh, one that I tweeted today, actually, is my word of the day, is overmused, which is just weary from too much thinking. It's kind
2: of think-ache. <laughs> Oh, I love all of those. Think ache, <laughs> yes, yes, that's brilliant. Um, d- your word of the day on Twitter is wildly popular, isn't it? Uh, how it does suggest that there is a real appetite, there is a thirst out there for more words to use. Because I guess the average Joanna, myself, we don't, we tend to stick to our favourite adjectives and our favourite bits and. Thi- it just shows how absolutely mind-bogglingly <laughs> articula, I'm no, I do, I um, Let me try same. and ask you a proper question, Susie. Okay. On, I'll, get, I'll get there in the end. <laughs> the fact that your word of the day is so popular would suggest that there are many people like me who are desperate actually to expand our vocabularies. I can get really quite stuck in just going to the same old same old favourites all the time and I always be a bit more imaginative. Oh, I, I am mean, exactly the same, but there's always that sort of tricky
4: sticky question which is if you use a word that no one's heard of you're just going to look either incredibly pretentious or you're not going to be understood so at what point can you use them and at what point can they become currency but that is in a way the beauty of the word of the day because I think it's part of the satisfaction of that is people knowing that there is a word for it you know that actually we English is full of gaps but there is a word to plug that gap if it gets picked up great if not at least we're having fun with words and as you say it's just i think it's popular because people are reminded of how passionate they are about words um essentially i don't know about you both i was quite worried about going on twitter because i was just expecting avalanches of hate and uh etc and i do I sometimes i don't get avalanches but sometimes i get you know stuff like everybody but for the most well, what part you say like it's everybody
2: great. um why why would you attract any sort of hate on Twitter,
4: um, oh, uh, you'd be surprised. Just Because you're female, or because, what, yeah, what might... probably. And also, uh, clearly, what tends to get picked up with word of the day is that you know people think I'm commenting on some sort of situation, and quite often I am. Some quite often these words are just entirely self-referential. I mean, remember. Uh, putting a Scots word or expression, Hingham Tringham, in there, which means barely hanging together, which is completely how I was feeling that morning. But then my timeline was full of pictures of Boris, plus a bit of hate. For uh, clearly pointing the finger, which actually I wasn't doing on that occasion, uh, so no, honestly, I don't get too much hate. I mean, I'm quite lucky from that respect. But uh, it just, I think, what I've been really gratified by is just the fact that people do love words, and I think most of my followers are clearly word lovers
2: rather than haters. Yeah, mm. it's the expressions as well. I mean, I came across one: um, this going to Barbados. Oh, yes, for. <laughs> a description of well you explain because i'm going i am now going to use this because it's definitely yes. me
4: Oh, it's brilliant. There are just so many words for either being drunk or or drinking. And Benjamin Franklin um, published uh, what he called the Drinker's Dictionary, which is full of weird euphemisms for drinking or being drunk. Uh, one of them is being too free with Sir Richard, which is one of my favourites. Uh, <laughs> being to Barbados, uh, another one because of rum, I think, and its associations there. But then there's also a euphemism for going to the loo,
2: which, and I get the two
4: mixed up, which is visiting the Spice Islands which oh. I think is also great.
2: Could, might uh, that possibly su- suggest a little bit of disruption in the old digestive system? I think it may do, after you've been to Barbados, quite possibly. Yeah. Yes. Mm. That's intriguing,
3: isn't it? <laughs> I described clowns yesterday in the office, Susie, as giving me the gauze and nobody ah. had the faintest idea what, what I meant, and then I realised that I didn't really either. Uh, do you know where gauze comes from, what it yeah, does I did- mean specifically? I always thought, do you want me to look it up? Because I've got the dictionary right here. To, I always thought
4: it yeah. they were kind of trinkets and sort of like little bits of trumpery, finery, giggles. But you pronounce them g-jaws, which is even better. Is it g-jaws or you say g-gaws?
3: g-gaws. Okay. And I think, what I was trying to say was that they make me feel really, really uncomfortable. Like the heebie heebies. Yes, exactly. I can't clowns stand to make clown. you feel very yes. uncomfortable. Okay. Yep. And okay, I know so there's, a, there's a proper term for hating yeah, clowns, is. isn't
4: there? Yeah, Yes, I have got... I'm thinking of Gugor, uh, which is a gaudy trifle, the, the Trump refinery thing. But maybe... How are you spelling it, Faye? G- well, she doesn't know, <laughs> Susie. I,
3: don't know. I love it, so, though. Because I've it. only ever said it out loud. So I think I'm saying G-double-E-G-A-W-S. Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
4: so... Yeah, in the dictionary, it means uh, showy without value. What also used to be called trumperiness, which I love. Yeah. Um, but uh, n- nothing, n- not your definition, but that's how language evolves. So if you're using it like that at home and people totally understand you or with your friends, etc. You know, that dic- that meaning might well go into the dictionary.
3: Well, I mean, nobody point. did understand me, that but we're quite problem. we're quite new here, so they weren't very rude about it. I think I got
4: the gist. It's like the abdabs, isn't it? Which always come it is, in a screaming yeah. Variety, yes, it is. Uh, one
3: of your recent ones that I absolutely love was "rantum scantum." What's "rantum scantum"? Oh,
4: "rantum scantum" is just a kind of disorderly mess, really, um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a brilliant one. And again, lots of words in the dictionary for utter chaos and confusion. Um, I think it's probably because we're quite a gossipy nation at heart um, or at least English speakers collectively like to gossip and then when we gossip we tend to be a bit negative don't you think um, so I think that's maybe why we tend to focus on things like this but random scantum is just gorgeous and there is um, there are no rules in English famously the I before E except after C rule just doesn't work at all um, but the, the rule that we don't know we know it's all about uh, sound and it's called, uh, and I am apologise for this, it's called The Rule of Ablaut Reduplication. And it's with things like Rantam scantum or, or kind of compounds like this, we know what to put where. We know which sound comes first and which sound comes second. So that's why we will never play Pong Ping or wear flop flips or eat a cat kit. Um, and Do that again, th- sorry. But we, we wouldn't ever eat a, a cat kit. 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 We because... would know it would be a Kit cat because we know what sound to put first somehow it's like Jane and Fifi and Jane <laughs> exactly um but we've we've been so immersed in this for centuries that whenever we come up with a new one cause just scantum rantum just wouldn't make sense would it in my head it wouldn't be as good so yeah
2: I love that word what yeah. adjective from your new dictionary or indeed from any other would you apply to the tenure of Anne Robinson on countdown Susie <laughs> um
4: Okay, I don't know, what would I? I mean, I was asked to come up with an adjective for every Countdown presenter an interview recently and uh, the one I came up with Anne was consummate because she is such a a work... She's got such a work ethic uh, that she would be down in studio 10 minutes before everybody else grilling the contestants, finding out their life story so she could use it on the show. Um, And... You know, I just I think that was the one thing that, that really marked her tenure was actually finding out more about the contestants and making
2: them the sort of centre of the show. So yeah. someone committed to hard graph. Reminds me of myself, actually.
3: I um, was I was yes. ex- I was thinking exactly that. That's yeah. Jane Garvey all over. What right. adjective would you give yourself, Susie? <sighs> oh gosh. Um
4: Oh, I think I would say I'm prone to the mubble-fubbles. And the mubble-fubbles are just sort of fits of despondency uh, mixed in with a bit of anxiety and self-doubt. And then because they're mubble-fubbles, they don't sound too permanent. So then I kind of come out again and find those bits of joy. Um, But the mubble-fubbles, I think I, I
3: live in them. That was Susie Dent, lexicographer, etymologist and the woman in Dictionary Corner. We will be back on Monday, Jane.
2: Yeah, we will. Oh, oh dear. You might not be. I should say that in the spirit of transparency, because we do, you know, we are authentic with our listeners. Uh, It's actually Thursday as we speak. And we've just been testing these Jamie Oliver pasta dishes, which are hot to trot and coming soon to a takeaway delivery service near you if you live in either London or Bristol. And they were quite tasty. But crikey, they're not cheap, are they? They're not cheap and they're settling in my stomach as we speak. (laughs) And in commemoration of Black History Month in the canteen today, I had the special spicy Nigerian chicken dish, which is currently doing battle with Jamie's pasta. So um, (laughs) wish me the best of luck. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds revolting. You have been listening to Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times Radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Ben Mitchell. Now you can listen to us on the free Times Radio app or you can download every episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that if you like what you heard and thought, hey, I want to listen to this but live, uh, then you can Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5 on Times Radio. Embrace the live radio jeopardy. Thank you for listening and hope you can join us off air very soon. Goodbye.
0: VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen.
1: VoiceOver on, settings.
0: So you can navigate it just by listening.
1: Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11.
0: And get on with your day. Accessibility, there's more to iPhone.
1: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.